0: In the apocalyptic, virus shedding summer of 2020, two friends with an interest in food and almost no regard for audio quality decided to start a podcast, and in doing so, proved a little knowledge was a dangerous thing. Record. Shoot the
1: fat, was in the cunt. My rolls of batches, and your desserts are purred.
0: Pineapple pizza, vegan sausage, evil coffee pot.
1: I'm drinking proper job because of today's theme. Um, it's close to a ploughman's and I thought that proper job might be the closest ploughman's-ish beer. And I know we're not eating a ploughman's, but it's, there's definitely cheese involved.
0: Yeah, and biscuits.
1: And biscuits, which a ploughman might eat. <laughs>
0: yeah. Should we just advise our listeners on why we might be a little bit tetchy today? Go on. uh, If you know, normally we plan ahead, we plan these things uh, a little bit in advance and give ourselves an opportunity to to do a bit of research and what have you. And um, one of us decides that discussing cheese biscuits is going to be a fantastic and interesting topic of conversation. Then decides to move the meeting forward a few hours um, into the middle of the cricket, the first cricket (laughs) game of the summer. And their reason for this is because they're doing another podcast this evening. They they tell their current podcast collaborator that they've got another appointment this evening where they're going to talk about other things with
1: other men. Those other men, Hodge, have children, and those children need to be fed and that before they can get hammered on on a podcast, whereas you and I do not currently have children. And we can get hammered in the middle of the day
0: yeah i understand the the rationale but the um the timing i felt was quite poor and i didn't realize we were in i was in like a cuckolded relationship here (laughs) so (laughs) i wasn't i wasn't aware that in the contract that it said that at times you would be ritually humiliated by your other half
1: i have a lot of audio love to give right what can i say
0: significant meetings and inputs from other men which uh, I find it slightly offensive.
1: <laughs> it's lockdown, Hodge, you gotta, you gotta get it where you can. Yeah, so,
0: and the other thing, yeah, obviously, is trying to make cheese biscuits an interesting topic of conversation, which I thought was a challenge, but you being a middle-class tosspot thought it was endlessly interesting. I And decides to WhatsApp me in the middle of the night, <laughs> do you realise that the army have square crackers and the Navy had round ones, which I thought was both strange and, and slightly embarrassing for you at the same time.
1: Well, did you manage to get hold of the required materials?
0: Yeah, I got a packet of, and also a fellow like being humiliated by you pulling out your um, posh stuff that I can't afford. So I treated myself too. A box of Tesco's Finest. do
1: see. Yeah, be impressed. Oh, very cracker, impressed.
0: Se- cracker selection for cheese. Right. Slowly baked for a full flavour and crisp texture.
1: Well, um, my Waitrose delivery showed up this morning. And um, <laughs> it was a substitution. Oh. So what I, I couldn't get hold of is um, a nice... Cracker and biscuit selection, which you would normally have, you know, maybe at Christmas with the uh, digestive biscuits and the like. So instead, they sent um, Thomas Fudge's uh, <laughs> exceptional cheese cracker selection, baked in Dorset of all places.
0: Yeah. So, uh, Fudge's Bakery.
1: Fudge's Bake, Remarkable Bakery, apparently. They've changed the branding from when we were kids. Yeah. Thomas Fudge's Remarkable Bakery.
0: Willy Wonka's amazing chocolate factory.
1: Yeah, so I don't have the, I can't have the full impact of of the true biscuit selection, but I do have some oat and chive biscuits, some charcoal hearts, some multi seed crackers, and a, a rye and wheat toast.
0: We've both gone middle. Class, we've both gone middle class on this. Yeah, I've got a, a stone ground cracker. Right. A sweet wheat cracker okay salt and chive cracker a poppy pepper water cracker try saying that after a few years.
1: This it's fancy stuff
0: beet and seed and a vegetable cracker there you go what,
1: what what's in a vegetable cracker
0: um doesn't tell you just says great with tesco finest vintage cheddar
1: best i bet it's parsnips or something
0: yeah so yeah
1: just to just to keep it real, though, I do have some Tesco's water biscuits. Oh, wow. The most crumbly biscuit. Ah, oh, well, cheese and biscuits seems like a very comforting but sophisticated thing to enjoy during a lockdown. Nice cheese selection. And I have got a cheese selection as well to go with my selection of biscuits. I've got a goat's I couldn't, cheese. I
0: couldn't, couldn't find a, a cheese selection. Okay. So I've just got, so I've just got some comp or
1: comp Oh, yeah, yeah and some sort blue cheese, which I've forgotten what it's called. i got a, a brie. I also have a compte. Some cheddar. And some goat's cheese.
0: Nice.
1: I was under strict instructions not to touch the mozzarella or the burrata. Oh, yeah. I was under lots of strict instructions, actually. Don't make a mess.
0: <laughs> no no additional cheeses.
1: Don't eat the scotch eggs this time. <laughs> Again. <laughs> yeah, because tomorrow we've got a picnic, so.
0: Oh, right.
1: Yep. Because 10 years ago tomorrow, Hodge, you and I were wearing suits on one of the hottest days of the year.
0: Oh, right. Wow. Yeah. Looking out the window right now, I wouldn't imagine that.
1: I can't even remember what hot weather is like.
0: <laughs> it was warm three weeks ago, but I haven't seen the sun since. It's just never stopped raining. So.
1: It's so strange how your body just forgets, isn't it? How glorious yeah. it is to stand in the sun. In a suit. In a suit with gin and tonic.
0: Sweating, trying to have your picture taken without a glistening of sweat all over you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Lush.
0: rumination
1: did you find out anything interesting about this, my 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 topic?
0: <laughs> um, well, for starters, I just wanted to talk about the name, because what does it say on your box there?
1: It says, Thomas Fudges from Remarkable Bakery, Biscuits for Cheese.
0: So you got Biscuits for Cheese? Yeah. And I've got a cracker selection. Right. And we completely baffled your other half well I baffled your other half when I referred to them as cheese biscuits
1: cheese biscuits
0: um, so I think the first thing I found out is that no one really un- knows what to call these things we're not really sure whether they're crackers or biscuits or cheese biscuits or biscuits for cheese or crackers for cheese or cheese crackers or just things that you put cheese on
1: yeah well I, I think I've always known them as cheese biscuits yeah or cracker or crackers or crackers, yeah. What do you think they call them in America? Well, I looked that up. All right. So crackers in America
0: means a crazy person.
1: Right. Okay.
0: <laughs> and biscuits can be called. It can be like a a bun, like a bread bun,
1: uh, or a scone even as well. Yeah,
0: like a scone thing. Yeah, yeah savoury like a-
1: thing you have with like gravy.
0: Gravy and biscuits. Yeah.
1: Gravy and biscuits.
0: So they've they've taken something which is already complicated and decided that we need to have more names for for more things, which seems to be a a recurring issue.
1: I think what you find is that they've taken the English language and (laughs) ruined it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and then they've got cookies for biscuits.
1: Cookies for biscuits. um, And their their cookies are completely different to our biscuits. You know, the biscuits should be... Small, hard, relatively flavorless, and uh, dunkable. The closest they've got is the the Oreo, <laughs> I think. But what do they? Yeah. It's an Oreo, a cookie? Do
0: they call it a biscuit?
1: I don't know. Oh man, they confuse me. Yeah, in so many ways.
0: But to all our listeners in the United States, welcome. You're very much appreciated. And thanks <laughs> thanks for your continued support. <laughs> Please
1: email us at uh, uh, info at uh, com to explain to us the intricacies of your version of our language.
0: <laughs> yeah, invite us over.
1: I might have a biscuit.
0: Yeah.
1: Which one are you going for first? I'm going for... Because I don't like the idea of charcoal hearts. That sounds a bit like an emo band, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, I'm going for a multi-seed cracker.
0: Multi-seed cracker. Does it it advise you on that box, what kind of cheese you're supposed to have with a multi-seed cracker?
1: No, fudges haven't really stepped up to the mark. Oh, no, no, I tell a lie. (laughs) They have. Right, so a multi-seed cracker, they recommend a rich blue cheese and to devour it with port and grapes.
0: Wow, have you got any port?
1: Yeah, but I'm not opening it for this. I'm not. Trying to, I'm not trying to ruin your set. Your other podcast. <laughs> uh, no, right. I'm going to go for a, a mature cheddar. Okay. And a proper job. Mm. Fucking hell, that's delicious.
0: <laughs> the cheese or the
1: cracker? Together, both together. together. Man, I'm going to go for sponsorship from Thomas Fudge. Jesus, that's good.
0: Is this a a cracker beyond the likes you've ever eaten?
1: I'm not going to have to have it on its own. Oh, my God. You know how oat cakes are kind of nice but too bland to really enjoy?
0: Yeah.
1: This is like like that except it's got flavour and it's really nice and probably made with a shitload of butter. Holy moly. Thank you, Waitrose, for this substitution. So you've moved on to the Red Wine Hodge, is that because you're eating cheese?
0: Yeah.
1: Are you out-sophisticating me today?
0: I'm trying to. I wasn't sure how to pronounce my cheese, so I've probably let myself down.
1: Well, i probably pronounced it wrong anyway. The key is confidence. Oh, is it? Yeah. Just go with it.
0: Okay. Shall I have some of this cheese in? Now, one thing I've got here that you probably haven't got is I've got a little wooden chopping board that when you open it up, contains tools. Tools of the trade, as it were.
1: The cheese tools?
0: Yeah, so my tools consist of um, a very pointy, sharp fork.
1: Yeah, I can see that. It looks looks huge. It's the size of your head.
0: Yeah, perspectives are always important. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's for, like, prodding the cheese and picking it up. An incredibly sharp, stabby, like, blade of a knife teardrop kind of knife.
1: Okay. It look, looks to me like you could trowel on some um, some plaster with that. Yeah. Now now you've moved it further away, it's quite small.
0: Yeah. So it's small and very incredibly sharp. So I think that is for stabbing people to death who might try and steal your cheese. Then we have uh, a very flat spade type thing.
1: I call that the chisel.
0: Yeah. Like a, like a chiseler. And then... A small, like a razor blade one. I'm not really sure why you need all these different shapes of knives, but we do.
1: So it seems to me a bit like you, if, if you don't have that, you could probably cobble together something from a combination of your toolbox and your garden shed.
0: Yeah, or you could just um, use a
1: knife. Oh.
0: <laughs> one of those knives with the little, there's like bent, uh, got a hooky bit on the end with the points.
1: Yes, a cheese knife. It does make a great gift, though.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) It must do, because I've got about five of them. (laughs) I mean, you're having a picnic tomorrow, and you've been told not to eat all cheese and all the biscuits to save the picnic. Would you normally have cheese and biscuits in the house, or is it mostly at Christmas?
1: I'm addicted to cheese, so I tend to not have it in the house. Cheese is mostly fat held together by delicious protein and salt. Yes. Yes. I love it, and it goes straight into my belly. My favourite accompaniment to cheese, actually, is not crackers at all. It's um, a, a stick of uh, French bread, a baguette, but from a decent French bakery. In France. In France. <laughs> the kind of bread that you have to eat really quickly, otherwise you know it's going to go stale yeah so you slather it in slather it even in not slather slather it in French butter and then you
0: just you just use that word slather I don't know if you saw my tweet earlier on in the week that we should ban it's barbecue week last week UK barbecue week and I'm setting up a movement to abolish the word slather
1: when it comes to butter on French bread I think it's acceptable
0: well, you obviously, do you would because you just used it, but I'm telling you that you're wrong. Okay. Well, the reason I'm banning slathering is because when you see it on a menu, it makes me feel quite ill when it says, like, um, some sort of chicken breast cooked and slathered in sauce, or one of those barbecue, like, hamburger photographs you always see where there's just, like... Tons and tons of cheese, melted cheese pouring out of the out of the burger bun, slathered in cheese, slathered in chili sauce. It just it seems a bit like uh, over the top. Makes me feel a bit ill, so I'm banning it. Okay. These are the times we live in where you should actually spend a good part of your day thinking of things to ban, because uh, when the right wing Nazi government. Uh, going out for new policy ideas, you've got them there
1: for them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Can we ban Robert Key from um, commentating on the cricket?
0: Yeah,
1: we can put him in there, yeah. He should stick, he should stick to the pantomime. Widow Twan Key. That's
0: the one.
1: I would like to ban the word unctuous unless it's describing a Dickensian character who happens to be slightly greasy. So unctuous for the people who don't know means greasy. So, so you may have heard food pre- presenters—I'm not Nigel Slater being one of them—saying things like, "I've got this piece of French bread and I've uh, slathered it in olive oil, so it becomes unctuous." <laughs> yeah, he
0: does, he loves unctuous, doesn't
1: he? Yeah, that can do one.
0: Just Nigel Slater, he looks a little bit like Alan Bennett <laughs> yeah. and he, he likes an awful lot of olive oil and he likes to dip things in things, doesn't he? He does. And when I watch him eat, I feel physically sick.
1: I don't like his plating, weirdly enough. He very delicately places things on the plate in a really messy way. <laughs>
0: Like he's spending an awful lot of time to get it really, really shit.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Well, it's probably a a posh word for that. When we find it out, we'll ban it. And if there isn't a word for that, we'll fucking make one up and then we'll ban that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're really getting into this fascism thing.
0: Yes. uh, I heard it was trendy, so I thought I'd give it a whirl.
1: It's worryingly trendy right now.
0: It 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 was trendy in the 30s. Very popular in the 30s. Disappeared a bit in the 40s and then you know been quite quiet since but recently the last few years it's uh, really raised its um, ugly head. So I thought I'd give it a whirl.
1: I think it's because people have very short memories and they like snazzy logos and you can't be a fascist movement unless you have a snazzy logo it seems.
0: Yeah, they like um, straight lines don't they?
1: Maybe we're straying too far away from the original topic here. <laughs> so
0: yeah, we're gonna ban- I'm banning sl- Slather, and you can ban, ban Unctuous.
1: I always, when, when I think of the word Unctuous, I always think of a man who's not necessarily fat, but who probably quite thin, actually. A Uriah Heap type of character who has way too much brill, brill cream in their hair. Mm. And uh, maybe a cross between kind of George McFly, someone with too much brill cream in their hair.
0: Like a 1930s uh, gangster. Uh, Al Capone, like
1: Kind of sleazy.
0: With a match in their mouth.
1: Not the kind of cheeky, kind of criminal type, more the, the type who kills prostitutes.
0: Oh, unctuous really does um, stir up some imagery, imagery for you, doesn't it? Yeah. So when Slater says, oh, this piece of bread's really lovely and unctuous, you're like, ah! It's not. It's a 1930s prostitute, murderer,
1: and gangster. I'm I'm, I'm triggered when I hear that word. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um. I'm going to open another packet of biscuits. I'm going to I'm not. I'm going to avoid the charcoal hearts. Uh, I'm going to go for an oat. This is a hexagonal biscuit because if they're middle class and trendy, they have to be geometric shapes rather than circles. Yeah. Um, this one. Uh, it says on the box that I should. I recommends having this one with perfect with West Country cheddar and an onion chutney oh. now we've covered chutneys before and for me the addition of chutney to a cheese and biscuit is a hazard because the biscuit in itself is integrity integrally unsound
0: mm.
1: and if it falls apart in your hand and then goes down on your shirt then you've got chutney on your shirt yeah I mean, I guess you could say the same thing about cheese, but...
0: No, no, I think i get you. As long as you get the cheese off fairly quickly, it's not going to stain, is it? No. not going to stain. I like the uh, the use of a West Country cheddar. That's a a Dorset bakery refusing just to say Somerset cheddar.
1: They're both representing the West Country, because everyone knows the best cheddar is from the West Country, but refusing to acknowledge that their neighbouring county is better than them.
0: Yeah. So that's just old rivalries die hard, isn't it? It is, really. Just because they don't have a cricket team.
1: If everyone thinks that the big rivalry in the West Country is between Devon and Cornwall, but they have no idea about what goes on between Somerset and Dorset.
0: Yeah. That, that Pac-Monday fair, when, when the overall Somerset people go to the Sherborne-Dorsets fair, is carnage. Absolute carnage.
1: Right, I've just slathered some brie onto this biscuit.
0: Oh, looks unctuous. Don't get it on your shirt, otherwise the unctuousness will stain it. What cheese is on there? Your cheddar?
1: No, I put a bit of brie on there, because I did cheddar already. I should really plan ahead by reading the instructions. Thomas Fudge will be breaking through the door in a minute. It's really good. It's not quite as good as the previous biscuit, but it's still really good.
0: I've never met Thomas Fudge. I imagine that he wouldn't be a particularly scary character though. A character out of a Dickensian novel. When I say Dickensian, I just mean Dickens because I don't know any other novelists from that time. Um, (laughs) And I imagine he'd be quite portly, quite short, quite portly. Red in the face. Red in the face from all that waddling that he's just done. And um, he might try and be menacing because you've used the wrong cheese on the wrong biscuit. You've not followed his advice and he thinks fascism's trendy so he's come to tell you what to do. But um, I don't think he's got it in him.
1: I think he'd wave his rolling pin at me and then chuckle.
0: Yeah, the chuckle always would give it away, wouldn't it?
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, because he'd probably play Santa Claus at Christmas. Although he's probably busy as Fark making crackers because it's their key cracker making time, isn't it?
1: You know, actually, he might be a bit angrier than that. Why? Because, um, because I actually put Somerset Brie on my biscuit.
0: Oh, yeah, he gets, he'd be well pissed off about that. Whether he's pissed off enough to get the train up to London, which involves a six hour bus journey to Sherbourne in order to catch
1: a train. Well he'd, he'd have to ride his um, his pony to Sherbourne from Yetminster first or wherever they're from. They're just on that road aren't they? Oh Stalbridge, got that wrong. Yeah it's pretty good. I've, I've I've put the other half of my brie onto a, a, a water biscuit. You haven't told me what you're eating yet Hodge.
0: Well I've just had some brie. and a little bit of brie on a stone ground cracker which apparently is good for Stilton. But uh, very specific type of uh, Stilton, so these Tesco's crackers are all very, very good with cheeses sold by Tesco. So I, I imagine if I had some like Welsh bomber or any other some cheese that Tesco's didn't sell, um, it would probably taste like shite.
1: Yeah, definitely. Right on that note, I need a beer.
0: Yeah. Dorset biscuits, Cornish beer, West
1: Country cheese, Somerset humour.
0: <laughs> Somerset humour.
1: Better than Cornish humour, I think we can agree. Are there any famous Somerset comedians? Isn't what's his name from Somerset? One of the Russells.
0: Terence Terran Trent, Trent
1: Derby. Terence <laughs> Trent Derby's. He's from Trent.
0: oh yeah (laughs) Dorset
1: that's a Dorset village um no Russell Howard isn't he from oh yeah Somerset from Bristol Bristol. does that count as Somerset not really it used to to. is it its own county now Avon
0: does Avon still exist
1: they haven't come to my door in a while so I don't know (laughs) but I used to love their foundation
0: yeah and you looked better for it you really
1: did covers up the burnishes
0: Yeah. Your fallout with Avon and lockdown (laughs) came at really bad timing, didn't
1: it? My complexion, yeah.
0: (laughs) Just when the world had to really see what your real face looked like. You you had to do all of your work via camera, which has been been awful for everybody involved.
1: I've had to shave twice as often as normal. I now shave once a week.
0: Why do you need to be shaven to drink wine?
1: Because exactly what you just said, they they see my face, and I need to have a, you know pretend to be in some way professional. Oh, uh, okay. You
0: could, you're not trying to corner the shabby, alcohol, knowledgeable person.
1: Look, the problem with wine is that, no, well, generally the shabby knowledgeable wine person is the alcoholic down the wine bar who sits on the stool on the corner, and wears like a stained tweed jacket. And I don't own a tweed jacket, so I can't stain one <laughs> before you say You've
0: got it. plenty of stains, though, haven't you?
1: <laughs> stains on my character. <laughs> right, I've been reading a bit more about Thomas Fudge, and I've done, we've done him a disservice.
0: All right,
1: Because he recommends, with the charcoal heart, to have a creamy Somerset Brie.
0: Oh, Thomas Fudge.
1: So I think he's very welcoming and tolerant of him
0: yeah it's the kind of tolerance that the good people of dorsey didn't have when they voted for brexit
1: yeah because the the uh the somersetians are um are notoriously euro what's the word i'm looking for what's the opposite of phobic
0: centric
1: <laughs> they they love a bit of um jacob rees mogg so
0: oh yeah of course
1: not quite your area of somerset but
0: no Thing is, I imagine Jacob Rees-Mogg is the MP for his estate. It being so fucking big that the only people who had to vote for him were his wife. It was 50-50 before, fuck it, we need the money coming in. And two or three people whose livelihoods depends upon him.
1: His uh, yeah. serfs?
0: Yeah, his serfs, yeah. Are they allowed to vote? Was probably the first thing he said.
1: he had to he had to consult the rules the last time they were updated in his estate was the 1600s so what we're
0: saying is thomas fudge good reese mod bad
1: what we're saying is thomas fudge should be the representative for west dorset except i have a feeling thomas fudge is dead because the bakery was established 1916 thomas fudge established his bakery so if he were alive today and if he'd established his bakery at the age of one he would currently be uh, 105. i think he's yeah. dead but luckily for us he didn't take his recipes to the grave
0: no do you think he's um he died younger than my like, uncle ben you know the uncle ben who makes the rice he invented rice he's been around a while and he
1: he has. I think he was. He must have been around until the invention of the microwave because his microwave products are very good. Yeah. So he must. He must have had a hand in that.
0: When did they arrive? In the seventies, eighties. Yeah. But he's obviously American, so they probably had them a little bit before. But let's just say the eighties. Yeah. So he was definitely alive in the eighties, Uncle Ben.
1: Who's Who's Uncle was he? Oh, the, the person naming the company. <laughs> of
0: course. By the time they named the company, one of his siblings had, or had a child who was so was old enough to be given the responsibility to name a company. So they said, um, what shall I call my company? And just went, Uncle Ben's. And they just gone, all right, we'll go with that. Well, it works, didn't it? It works. <laughs> it
1: makes sense.
0: Yeah. And so good are his products that, like you said, you can have microwave rice in a bright orange packet. And so good are they that Jamie Oliver will do um, a program where he only uses products that um, come in packages from Sainsbury's and he'll pretend that they're good. Wow. And Uncle Ben's is one of those. I just always wonder how Jamie Oliver went from uh, things on his allotment to things you can put in your microwave in a couple of cookbooks.
1: I'll tell you how. What? Lockdown, right? As soon as lockdown hit, he furloughed his gardener. <laughs> <laughs> Those fresh products, he just couldn't get them anymore.
0: Did he plough his foot furlough?
1: <laughs> so, you know, no more ricotta stuffed zucchini flowers, deep fried. More...
0: And then
1: dries with a twist of salt and pepper, there
0: you go. Get that down, yeah. It's down. Slathered in olive oil. ill Hello oh, Sam. I got a you asked me if I did any research on biscuits and stuff.
1: Yeah.
0: I had a look at the Fortnum this is what I thought you'd bring to the party today, but you let me down. How much do you reckon Fortnum and Mason's biscuits for cheese that come in a little metal tin cost? Now these these biscuits aren't just like your boring Jacobs cracker ones are just plain. And they're well they're even adv- more advanced than these ones that have got bits in them.
1: <laughs> right. These fuckers
0: have got nuts and seeds, dates, hazelnuts, pumpkin seeds, pecan and poppy—that kind of shit going on. So, a small packet in a metal tin from Portland Masons. How much?
1: Um, shall I make a realistic guess or a comedy guess?
0: Um, well, now that you've said that, I don't think it really matters.
1: <laughs> okay, I'm going to say ten nine ninety nine. 9 15 pounds 95. 15 pounds 95. For a packet of biscuits. Does it have the queen's stamp on it? Yes. Are they wrapped in gold leaf?
0: They're wrapped in the queen's uh, skin. <laughs>
1: yeah. Are there recommendations to have them with uh, whale milk brie when and caviar?
0: Yeah, on the lawn of
1: Buckingham Palace. <laughs> Buckingham Palace. Actually 15 quid's not too bad. It depends how big that tin is.
0: What do you mean 15, nearly 16 pounds isn't too bad for a packet of biscuits?
1: Have you seen the other crap in Fortnum Amazing? How much that shit costs?
0: No, I've never been there. Wow. They wouldn't let me in. Don't <laughs> so you need a letter from James could small. I was going to say you should
1: write to your local MP. <laughs> okay, so I'm moving on to the uh, multi-seed cracker. No, the wheat, wheat and rye toast. And apparently this is sensational with goat's cheese and a drizzle of honey. Now... I'm not going to have a drizzle of honey because I'm against honey with cheese.
0: Very Ottolenghi or something like that, isn't it?
1: Well, apparently it's very common all around the world, apart from here in the UK. Fixed honey and cheese? We prefer a Branston pickle. So, you know, same thing. Same things, anything. thing. Same thing. Yeah. Nuts, seeds, all of that stuff in those Fortnum biscuits. That's going to take away from the cheese, surely.
0: Well, that was going to be my question. Do you think there's a point where the biscuit, which essentially is a vessel for the cheese, isn't it? provides a bit of crunch, like you said, takes a richness richness off of maybe a soft cheese or what have you, maybe provides a little bit of flavour and salt and what have you, but once you put in almonds and pumpkin seeds and poppy seeds and dates in a biscuit, to me that's, you're bordering on an American cookie then, that's more like flapjack, (laughs) cheese and flapjack probably be quite nice. goat cheese on a flapjack.
1: Yes, I think that these biscuits here from Thomas Fudges are on the cusp of being too good on their own.
0: <laughs> just just eat, eat them. Just
1: eat them. You could just eat them. Yeah.
0: Does that mean they're good? They're good biscuits but bad crackers.
1: I think they they're, they're brilliant crackers but you need to make sure your cheese is good too because otherwise it will, you know, you, you could end up with a dominating flavour. That's what I'd say.
0: That vegetable
1: cracker. Yeah. No. No good? Oh, there's a face going on here. It looks like Mark's accidentally chewing a wasp. It's a bit like it's got bouillon in it. Boudon? Bouillon. Bullion. Oh, bouillon. A vegetable bouillon. It tastes like it's got a bit of marigold uh, seasoning in it.
0: Yeah,
1: just, no. Well, there's no need for vegetables in anything, really, is there?
0: No.
1: They're perfectly fine on their own.
0: So vegetable stock cube has gone into that. My oh, dear. Me. I'm not going to do any more French pronunciations on this podcast because I'm there getting you. myself into deep shit. <laughs> the point of this podcast is not to fucking humiliate myself because I don't understand what how to pronounce French words.
1: I always think, you know, vegetable stock cubes mm. and powder mm. Mm. Ru- ruins anything it get, gets put into because it makes it all taste like vegetable stock powder.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't make a vegetable stock with that intensity of uh, vegetable flavor in it, would
1: you? Not really. It's supposed to be complementary, not dominating.
0: Yeah. So, so I'm not on that. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm disagreeing with those.
1: I had a flashback to just now when you said about eating cheese on flapjacks to one of the finest grilled cheese sandwiches I've ever made myself. And by grilled cheese sandwich, I mean cheese on toast, sorry. And. <laughs> But with a lid, you know, you toast yeah. toast both sides of the breads, two pieces of bread, and then put the cheese on and slap them on really quickly.
0: Right.
1: And allow that to melt a little bit. And that was with a hot cross bun.
0: Nice.
1: Now, I normally find hot cross buns a little bit not that interested. They're okay. They're just not delicious. But with a couple of slices of cheddar m- melting in the middle of a hot cross bun, I can tell you that is absolutely astonishing
0: i didn't you believed
1: in god what's that got to do with it
0: why are you eating hot cross buns if you don't if you're an atheist
1: well i do it actually as a spiteful atheist i wait until after easter when they're on offer and just buy shitloads of them turn them into cheese sandwiches turn them into cheese sandwiches and feed them to the birds not the cheese sandwiches just on their own you shouldn't feed cheese to birds
0: you shouldn't you shouldn't go through the fucking bother of making a melted cheese sandwich and then giving it to a pigeon.
1: It's wasted on them.
0: What, what's the point of going for the effort of making them something?
1: Or just shit on your car anyway.
0: Yeah. No, I don't think you should do that. I mean, that's offensive.
1: To Christians?
0: Yeah. Eating crossed products, bread products, when you don't believe. It's offensive. So, so I, suppose to you, I suppose to you, the cross is just a swanky design. <laughs> have got straight lines on a round background. Right, I'm going to try. I quite like the sound of this one. Poppy pepper, water cracker.
1: Yeah.
0: Bit the mouthful, of that isn't it? Poppy, poppy pepper, water cracker.
1: Poppy pepper, water cracker, poppy pepper. Pop, 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 pop. You can't do it.
0: Impossible. Now this one recommends you have. Uh, how do you say this? The Georgian Zola. Yeah, that's right. A good answer? It's
1: not Scottish Hodge.
0: (laughs) i forgot that was a new West Country accent. That's awful. (laughs) You've
1: been away too long.
0: Yeah, I've been away too way too long. Although although for other people listening to this, they might be like I like the bit where the two guys with the West Country accents pretend they haven't got West Country (laughs) accents. For the record, I don't think Sam has a West Country accent. I like the pepper cracker.
1: Do you think Poppy would like the pepper cracker?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Auntie Poppy's peppered crackers. Thomas Sponge's peppered knackers. Lovely. I like them, they're very peppery.
1: What cheese did you have with it? Oh, the Gorgonzola. The um, Comte. Oh, the Comte, yeah. That cheese is lush. Mine is lush. Mm-hmm. I had it with my um, rye and wheat toast. And that was pretty special.
0: So when um, when the other half was asking me what this podcast was about, and I said cheese crackers, well, I said cheese biscuits. Then we had this big long conversation about what, what they were called, and she said, "I bet you can't do it without actually just waxing lyrical about the cheese." Right. So it's good to be able to go back and say Thomas Fudge's bis- uh, cheese crackers are good enough sam says to eat by themselves without the cheese which proves that a bit wrong proves a wrong on that.
1: yeah the cheese is the
0: start of the show still though isn't it
1: yeah but we you know we've avoided talking about it too much yeah i'm, I'm a bit disappointed waitress didn't show up with some blue cheese today but so be it
0: so what happens when you pay someone to deliver your, you know do your shopping for you
1: well it's lockdown isn't it you can't leave the house you can leave the
0: house in lockdown for
1: shopping. Only bare essentials, and I don't consider like blue cheese to be an essential. Oh right,
0: like, what are the essentials? Cheddar. Yeah.
1: Ghost cheese. <laughs> Comte. Comte.
0: <laughs> and um, um packs of fifty five Dilette dairy slices. Yeah.
1: Oh man. I've got some laughing cow in the fridge.
0: Oh man, get that out for the
1: house. will, yeah. And, and while I'm getting the laughing cow out the fridge, I'll let you ruminate on the digestive biscuit.
0: Right. So, got a cheese cracker, crackers for cheese, cheese biscuit, biscuits for cheese, selection box. And they sneak in a digestive biscuit dressed as a hovis bread, loaf of bread. And... There's no fucking point. What is the point in that? It doesn't even recommend what kind of cheese it's supposed to go with. It's an outlier and it's a piece of shit. All right for tea though. Well, I was gonna say, do you actually just fish them out and dunk them in your tea?
1: I've never understood it. I, I don't get it at all.
0: That was a politician's answer. Do you fish them out and dunk them in your tea?
1: Well, I don't have tea with my cheese, so no. And I prefer Hobnobs.
0: You don't have to fish them out only when you're eating cheese though, do you? Once you know they're there.
1: You, you never open that tub of biscuits unless you're eating cheese though. Do you?
0: No, no, but you're not going to eat the the um, digestive ones with cheese, but you make yourself a nice cup of tea and you think, Oh, I'll have a biscuit and you go to the biscuit barrel and you realize it's empty. Would you go, Hmm, I know where there's some digestive biscuits and get them, the holiest ones out of the cheese selection and use them as Dunkin' Biscuits.
1: I would never think of it. I would never think. I know where there's some digestive biscuits in that stale box of crackers we opened last Christmas. Would you?
0: Well, you live too high on the horse,
1: mate. (laughs) (laughs) Too high on your horse is fine. Too high on your horse. horse. (laughs) Right, I've made an... I've made a decision...
0: High on your horse. <laughs> I'm too high on my horse.
1: You've been smoking too much horse.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm fucking
1: high on your horse.
0: <laughs> you fucking high on your horse. Like, you can get arrested in uh, Texas for that, if you're high on <laughs> <the> horse.
1: <laughs> Ill-rumination. Right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to open the charcoal hearts. Put are E on them. Yes. Yeah.
0: Fuck you, charcoal hearts.
1: Now, uh, the Charcoal Hearts, it recommends having with the uh, Creamy Somerset Brie. And I finished my Somerset Brie, so I'm going to do the next best thing, and I'm going to have my laughing cow. Now, you said Dairy Lee. Now, maybe this is a topic for another podcast. Mm. But I I want to know how two separate companies ended up making triangular, or rather not triangular, but trivial pursuit (laughs) piece-shaped soft cheese products Dairy Lee and Laughing Cow.
0: Is Laughing Cow a company?
1: Laughing Cow is a French company. Oh wow. I accidentally bought some Laughing Cow when on the on the shopping list it had said Dairy Lee. And I was in the doghouse when I got home.
0: I can't imagine interesting that Laughing Cow is a French company.
1: Yeah, it's called La Vache Choucle. I I don't imagine French cows have a lot to laugh about. French cows are loving it.
0: Mm. Yeah. I thought it was only us Brits that had um, impeccably high animal welfare standards.
1: It depends on what the cows are destined for.
0: The only reason I voted Brexit is because I didn't want um, to be associated with the poor treatment of French cows. <laughs> American chickens can be fucking drowned in chlorine for all I care. Those things are cunts. But those, those nice French cows, smiling, laughing away, having a great time. You know, I just want if they're being if they're being upset. I'm, I'm I'm nothing to do with it.
1: I think Thomas uh, Fudge would have been a Brexit voter. Do you think? So I hope he's not too upset about me putting Laughing Cow on my charcoal biscuit. Do
0: you think he voted Brexit though? Because he didn't really understand the issues, the real issues, and he just thought it would be nice to be able to be like to feel a little bit more British because he's out of a Dickensian novel, you know. <laughs> When it was a really great time to be British. Unless you were in the workhouse or poor or you know in servitude.
1: Let's see. He he established um budget bakery in nineteen sixteen. Now a very strange year to establish any business. Yeah. Halfway through a world war. So either he yeah. was under under the age of eighteen uh-huh. or over the age of fifty. Or maybe younger, I don't know.
0: If you're in the food production industry you don't have to go and run into a machine gun in france and he went i make crackers <laughs> 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 what do you mean he said oh crackers for cheese and they went you mean biscuits for cheese no no uh cheese crackers what crackers that taste of cheese no no cheese biscuits no biscuits that taste of cheese no like selection boxes of things that you put cheese on. Oh, those things. Oh, yeah, you don't have to run into a machine. and you stay there, Nate.
1: Yeah, that's probably what happened. I think that would make a good film. Oh, one man's struggle to explain <laughs> his biscuits.
0: <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't mean just that one topic.
1: In the face of an international war. The film is called The, the Draft Dodging of Thomas Fudge. Is he the Donald Trump of his era? Yes, he is. Except his products are nice.
0: Yeah, but and he has got fudge towers.
1: <laughs> fudge towers in Stalbridge. Oh,
0: I know it. Yeah, <laughs> it's the tallest building in Dorset, which means it's got three stories. <laughs> yeah, I think that'd be a great film. But you know, you're right. That would be the that scene would be the centre scene. Um, someone from the army struggling to explain to have a conversation with the draft dodging Thomas Fudge about what actual food business are you involved in? And, um, you know, one, like I said, one man struggle to explain how the fuck he's going to get out of the war. rumination. Well, speaking of the army, I said earlier, when you, on your WhatsApp, you said about the army biscuits were square and the Navy biscuits were rounds. Yeah. So I looked into that, because I thought, now I'm awake, <laughs> maybe if I research this topic I will actually nod off um, whilst you were probably masturbating over some Jacobs <laughs> cream. that's why they call them cream crackers isn't it <laughs> 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 um, yeah so you were right they were called was it hardtack mm. that's very military isn't it hardtack got any hardtack sound like American biscuits Yeah. And the army made theirs in squares, and the Navy made theirs in rounds. And I presume the RAF didn't fucking exist, because that wasn't documented.
1: RAF were well too posh to have, like, anything apart from Jacobs.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Jacobs cream crackers. It got me to thinking, is, like, why does that exist? Why would the army have squares and the Navy have rounds? Do you have a theory based on three and a half seconds of
1: thought? Go. So the Navy, there's the squares, right?
0: No, the army is squares.
1: Oh, that ruins my idea. All
0: right, tell me your idea and we'll, we'll just pretend it's right.
1: Okay. Well, the Navy would be dipping their biscuits in rum to soften them and the sharp corners are dippable and would be able to act as a wick to soak up the rum. Oh,
0: right.
1: Whereas the army would be slathering their uh round, round biscuits <laughs> in their ration of uh, marmite so the shape doesn't really matter oh right but now i know that's the wrong way round.
0: yeah i thought maybe squares is probably the natural form isn't it
1: yes less waste
0: yeah because obviously if you cut circles out of things you create waste so you, you would bake them on a square tray or some sort of cuboid shape, and chop them up and then dish them out to the lads, our brave boys overseas, fighting clucky British independence and colonial empire building in in good fodder. And the Navy have always been a bit contrary. Did you know that the only one of the military forces that's allowed to have beards is the Navy? Why is that? I've got no idea. But I've got a theory.
1: Goes well with the uniform?
0: Does it? Does a beard go better with a navy uniform as opposed to... I don't know. I thought maybe, if you think about it, when the navy was kind of like first constituted, their main enemies were pirates. <laughs> and the only the only currency that pirates have any fucking dealings with or respect for are like... All pirates have beards. Yeah. So... Like, they wouldn't be scared of a beardless man. But so the Navy had to have beards in order to win the psychological battle over pirates. Okay. Um, The only currency they work in when it comes to um, aggressive look is uh, beards, hooked hands, um, and obviously parrots. Yeah. The Navy never went went for hooked hands because uh, you can't dunk your biscuits in rum if you've got a hooked hand. That's true. And it's really hard to uh, roll cigarettes with a hooked hand. And um, parrots are just really fucking annoying, and all birds shouldn't be kept in the house. They should just fly around outside because they stink.
1: I've, I've completely lost track here of why you think that the Navy should have, like, why they would have round biscuits.
0: Because they're just contrary. They just do the opposite of what everyone else does.
1: <laughs> okay. I thought you were going to say it's because uh, they could use them to trick pirates into thinking they were gold.
0: (laughs) Round crackers?
1: Yeah, like a round cracker stamped with the Queen's head.
0: Oh, like like gold bouillon.
1: (laughs) 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 Delivered in a tin in the shape of a a, a treasure chest. Oh, yeah, I can
0: see that. So the pirates would be bobbing around the sea with their telescope, looking for some action, and they go, ah, oh, that ship over there has got a chest full of bouillon, gold bouillon. Let's fucking go and steal it off them. And then, once they got into like, once close proximity, they would go, ah, oh, it's the Navy. I can smell the rum, it's the Navy, and they be too close by then, and then the Navy could beat them up. And if the Navy lost the fight, all they would really lose is some crackers.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: But then what would they eat their um,
1: Somerset Brie with?
0: That is a good theory. I'm gonna make a note of that.
1: Pirates are all from the West Country anyway, aren't they?
0: Yeah, they're all Navy people who just got bored of the um, like regimented element to it.
1: Oh, that's why all pirates have beards.
0: Yeah, I think that was a, um, I'm not sure how you say it in the French, a uh, col-de-sac.
1: <laughs> yeah, well on that note, I'm gonna get another beer.
0: So the guy comes up with fucking terrible ideas in the middle of the night, having done no preparation because he's got something better to do this afternoon in the middle of cricket and then rolls his eyes and lifts his eyebrows and the things that I say off the fucking on the hoof because I've had no chance to prepare because he's only made up the the issue this week with bullshit. He's going out, um, going to do a podcast this evening with some other people. Um, who obviously holds in higher esteem than me? This is bullshit. <laughs> Hiya, Hodge. Hey, <laughs> you okay?
1: Right. So what's your
0: pod- What's your podcast tonight about? Oh, I was you. You've got me on um, cheese biscuits. What's your podcast this afternoon, this evening about?
1: You really want oh, to know?
0: What you've had a sh- a shave for.
1: Uh, it's about English wine.
0: Oh, cheese biscuits and English wine.
1: Could it be any better? There you go. You know I have much more fun on this one, though, Hodge. <laughs> I've got to, like, be all professional and shit on the, on the, on the next one. I do? Why's that? Because we're interviewing the winemaker. Ooh! Is he English? Yeah. Yeah. He's an English winemaker making English wine. Yeah, you, don't
0: have
1: to be an, you don't have to be
0: English to make English wine,
1: do you? No. It's not part of the rules.
0: It has to be made in England,
1: right? With English grapes.
0: When the wine turns out great, and it's nice, you say, "Oh, this is English wine." And if it's terrible, you go, "Oh, this is British wine," because that's what Scottish people think.
1: The actually, I say English, and I shouldn't, because um, even though this is specifically English wine, in, in when we talk about wine in the UK, we talk about um, English and Welsh wine.
0: Oh,
1: why's that? There are some gra- <laughs> there are some great Welsh wines
0: all our listeners in Wales, we, deep, we are very apologetic. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think we've rinsed this one now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fucking no, one, no one's ever going to do one of these again, are they?
1: We're probably like squeezing that teabag, aren't we?
0: <laughs> well, we're probably going to touch on topics that other people have done better. Like they're <laughs> even more informative, or they're more funny, or both. But no one's ever done this. No. No one's gone down this cold tea sack. <laughs> <laughs>